Oh, uh oh, uh oh. Oh, they already ready, huh? They already ready. I hear y'all out there. Thank y'all so much for the love. Thank you, thank you. How we doing this, this morning? We good? All righty, man. Well, thank you guys for coming out uh, in the snow and just joining us. Is it snowing out? Is it snowing? It's just on the ground. We good? All right. So, hey, man, thank you guys for coming out. Hey, if you're fairly new or new here at Grace, if you don't know who I am, I'm Kevin Dupree. I'm the youth pastor here at Grace. Love loving on our babies there, man. Uh, uh, but before I get started, I want to share a few things what we got going on here within the next couple months and uh, just kind of what's going on in Grace Shoot. And the first thing I want to let you know about is we have our December. December is going to be crazy in Grace Shoot, man. We got a lot of fun things going on. We got two weeks of just, man, fun, fellowship, and really just pressing in into who Jesus is throughout these times. So they're going to be called our not-so-silent nights, man. We're going to have con- ugly sweater contests, gingerbread stuff, man. We got a variety show that's going, to be, that's going to have some of our leaders, students, and volunteers that's going to be a part of it. So if you got a student 6 through 12, 12th grade, man, please get them there. Come hang out with us. It's a great time to fu- have fun and fellowship there. Um, and then the next thing we have going on, which has been put on by one of our awesome students, ninth grader, uh, Darian Godley, he uh, does a um, toy drive with the uh, Children's Hospital of Michigan Foundation. And so we started that November 9th, and that'll go through December 7th. And so if you got a student that's wanting to figure out how to be generous, uh, be generous, hey, man, Wednesday night, you can have them drop off their toys there, man. We just want to bless those families. And Darian's heart for those kids that are in the hospital during the holiday season is just such amazing thing. So uh, that's that there. Then this last announcement, man, I want you to check it out for yourself, man. Check out this announcement right here. They say, I spoke to you. You listen. It's your opportunity to go to the next level. The kids are loving it. Slam was great. It's beautiful. Best part so far? Best part so far, the session, hands down. Oh, yeah, that's our big chill, man. Big chill is coming up. Hey, that's our winter retreat for the students. That goes from January 27th. Through the 29th, man, Big Chill got so much traction last year that it's another church in Ohio that wants to join us now for Big Chill. And so, man, it goes down, man. So I say that to say, hey, you don't want to wait to get registered with this thing, man. We got more kids, more bodies and whatnot. So if you got a student or a student, you in here and you think, hey, man, I can wait till Jack. No, you don't want to wait for this, man. We want you guys there. Bring a friend, wherever you can, man. Let's make Big Chill. Let's take Big Chill to a whole nother level this year. Amen. Amen. And I just drop a dime here too. If you're if you're a person who has a heart for kids and Jesus, and you're like, hey man, I want to work with youth. I want to be a part of that, pouring into the next generation. Hey, please, 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 feel free to reach out to me. Stop me, man. Just even if you're interested, come check out a Wednesday night, man. These students, man, desire someone in their life, man, that's going to journey and walk beside them, man. No matter age or whatnot. Don't think, oh, I got to be in this age group, 20, 30, or something. No, man. Like we need the wisdom. Our kids need that. So uh, if you're looking to do that, man, we'd love to have more. Uh, small group leaders there. So, uh, yeah, that's just a little drop down right there. We're looking for some leaders there. So, um, have we been enjoying this Roman series, though? Have you enjoyed it? And we go. Hey, we're getting ready to dive back into it today. 
Uh, we're going to be looking at uh, Romans 10. Our brother Bryce did an awesome job. Can we give it up for Bryce last week, man? Just led us into a tough passage, I mean, area of Romans. 9 through 11 is not an easy a easy preacher teach, man. There's some really hard, serious truths in there. So Bryce did such a great job of leading us into that last week. And so I want to pick up uh, chapter 10 and uh, continue on in this series here, I mean, in this section there. So if you can, there's a Bible underneath your seat. If you're looking at that, the pages you can turn to in that Bible is 946 in the Bibles underneath your seat. If you still have your journal and you've still been following along through the journal, it will be, we'll be on page 46 in the journal. And so once you find that or as you find that, um, I would ask that you please stand here at Grace. We like to honor God uh, by standing for the reading of his word. And we are going to get to it, y'all. Oh, I feel ready. Devil, get thee behind me. This snow will not mess with my energy. Oh, get thee behind me. All right, are we ready? All right. Hey, we're going to be reading from verses 11, chapter 10, verses 11 through 21, and then I'm going to jump back to uh, chapter 9 and read the last verse in chapter 9. So when, we get, when I wrap up from 21, you're going to go with me to chapter 9. We're going to read the last verse there. Let's get started. Let's get started. It says, verse 11, for the Scripture says, oh, man, I love when I'm reading what the Scripture says. Amen? Yeah. Everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. All right, y'all tracking with me. You tracking with me. How then will they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how will they believe in him whom they have never heard? And how will they hear without someone preaching. And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful, how beautiful, how beautiful are the feet. Yeah, we're going to come back to that. Of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing of the word of Christ. But I ask, have they not heard? Indeed they have. For there's a voice has gone out to all the earth and their words to the end of the world. But I ask, did Israel not understand? Well, first Moses says, I will make you jealous of those who are not a nation. With a foolish nation, I will make you angry. Then Isaiah is so bold as to say, I have been found by those who did not seek me. I have shown myself to those who did not ask for me, but of Israel, he says, all day long, I've held out my arms to a disobedient and contrary people. Let's jump back to 33. Jump back to 33 with me real quick. Last verse, 933. As it is written, behold, I am laying in Zion a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. And whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, have your way in this place, Lord. God, let this not be an event, but it be an encounter with the living Jesus. And we give you the glory in advance. And it's in his mighty name we pray. Everybody said, amen. amen, amen, amen. So it is about that time. You can be seated. You can be seated. I don't want you to stand the whole message. Don't stand the whole message. We are coming up on the season, holiday season, where we get to break out our traditions. 
Tradition. Y'all, anybody got traditions, holiday traditions? We got any of those? Okay, we got hands raised. Y'all know what I'm talking about. We got traditions like Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving where we go over a person's house, that family member's house that can cook. You know what I'm saying? That, that house there. Or you got the people that they bring the food. You know, it's like a potluck thing. I'm going to tell you right now, if you always the person they ask to bring the plate, the napkins, and the, the silverware and whatnot, you can't cook. That's all I'm telling you. They just trying to tell you in a nice way. You ain't the one that can cook, so that's what that means. Why are they always telling me to bring the plastic? Where the, yeah, you can't cook. Okay. Okay, but then we got traditions like the Christmas traditions where you maybe open up a gift the night before, and then the next day you open up the rest of the gifts, and then you sit around and watch Christmas movie marathons and your PJ drinking hot chocolate. You know what I mean? Y'all see what I'm saying? It's traditions. Or we got traditions that are outside of the holidays. We got traditions like the girls' trips and the guys' trips. Or you try to keep a high school pack and y'all go to a destination to meet up. This is a tradition. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You know that girls' trip where all the girls go on a trip or whatnot. What that trip really is is just seeing comparison or whatnot to see who's man and who got a man, who don't got a man, who's man treating them right, who man ain't treating them right. That's what them girls' trips about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tradition. Guys' trips, y'all know what the guys' trips about. It's just to see whose chest is still up here and not down here. You know what I mean? Who got the dad body? Y'all know what those are about. Those tradition trips. We think it's about fellowship, but it's I'm trying to I'm trying to size you up. Yeah. We got these traditions that we building blocks. Traditions that we try to replicate year in and year out, or whatever timeline they are. And traditions, they can be tasteful, they can be Joyful, they can be bring about memories. But can I tell you, traditions can become toxic and cause us to stumble and trip. If we allow traditions that we the thing that we do over and over, sometimes they can become toxic and cause us to stumble and trip. See, I almost titled this message, Why You Tripping? See, I'm almost tired of why you tripping. Because traditions, if we're not careful, we'll be repeating something that causes us to stumble and trip. And I want us to look at the, the definition for, for this right here because it's going to give us some insight about this word tradition. Tradition is an inherited, established, or customary pattern of thought, action, or behavior. Well, let's look at the second definition, which I love. The handing down of information, beliefs, customs by word of mouth or by example from one generation to another. And check out this last part, without written instruction. So that got me thinking. That got me thinking. We could be practicing traditions that were never even formally handed down to us. We could be practicing things that were just modeled to us. Y'all know what I'm talking about, the things that were caught and not taught. And that's my first question for you guys today, church. What, what traditions are you tripping over? Or a better way, why are you tripping? What traditions have you picked up that may be toxic in your life that are causing you to stumble and trip? Is it how you speak negatively to, neg- negatively to your spouse because it was what was modeled to you? Is it how you treat your kids? Is it how you deal with stress, worry, anxiety, and doubt? What was modeled to you? What are you carrying on as a tradition? Is it how you date? Is it how you operate at your workplace? Or better yet, let's transition to some religious traditions. Okay, hey, I go to church. 
I park in this spot, go in this door, go to this place right here. I sit right here. What you doing in my seat? Get up out of my seat. We're going to have some problems right now. Usher, come get them. <laughs> or we got this. You know what I'm talking about? A devotional day, keep the devil away. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Mama used to do it. Daddy used to do it. Now I got to do it. I pray and fast this many times out of the year. And now don't get me wrong. Those are disciplines. Yes, we want to have those disciplines. But can I tell you, when a discipline becomes a duty and not a desire to grow with God, it's nothing more than a tradition. If your duties turn into a lack or not a desire to grow with God, and I'm just doing these, the disciplines I mean, if the disciplines turn into just these duties and not a desire to grow with God, they're nothing more than traditions. And that leads us into chapter 10 here, what we see Paul coming into. So we got through the trip while we tripping, but we got to go to chapter 10 now and move on because we got to see why Paul is so desperate in these first four verses, uh, chapter 10, verse 1 through 4, where he has this desperate heart cry for his brothers and sisters, Jewish people, to be saved. What is going on here? Well, first off, we have to understand that the Jews which includes Paul, are God's chosen people. You see, Gentiles or people outside of the lineage of Jacob, hey, man, they weren't God's original people. The only reason why Gentiles and people outside of the lineage of of Jacob gets to experience God is because of the Jews. Want me to prove it to you right here? Romans 9.25 says, concerning the Gentiles, people outside, God says in the prophecy of Hosea, those who were not my people, I will now call my people. And I will love those whom I did not love before. Let's look at Romans 10, 20, which we just read. Then Isaiah is so bold as to say, I have been found by those who did not seek me. I have shown myself to those who did not ask for me. Not God's people. Jesus himself even knew this, y'all. When Jesus hit the scene, he picked up 12 people for his squad, and guess what? They were 12 Jewish men. Jesus himself was Jewish. He went so far to tell a woman, a Gentile woman, who came to him needing, her, needing healing for her demon-possessed daughter, and look what Jesus himself, this is Jesus, not Pastor Kevin. Look at this, Matthew 15, 24. Then Jesus said to the woman, I will sit, what, only, so he's making a clarification, to help God's lost sheep. And just so that we didn't get confused or understand, oh, I don't know who's God. He said, the people of Israel. See, Israel was the name given to Jacob after he wrestled with God. So you see that word Israel, that's the, that's the lineage of Jacob. So Jesus himself is saying this. Jesus knew this, that he was sent to the Jews. God's promises and covenants are to the Jewish people. And here Paul is, he would like nothing more than for his people to come and experience the gift that was exclusively given for them. It's like that kid. You know, you give them a gift, but then they put it to the side and say, I don't want to play with this no more. But then somebody else comes along and start playing with it. What they start doing, give me my toy, give me my toy. That's what God was doing. The only reason why the Gentiles and Christians get to experience God's goodness today is because of the rejection of the Jews of their Messiah. 
The church can never get this theology into this, this replacement theology, let it fester into the church. Because the church and the Christians are not replacing the Jewish people. By his grace, we get to be grafted in, which you'll learn about next week. You'll get to learn about next week in chapter 11. We get to be grafted in to the family tree now. And it's all to try to make the Jews jealous so that they can receive their gift back. Don't get it twisted. The tree of God has always been Jewish and it still is Jewish. We just get the luxury of experiencing it now because he's grafted us in. Are we understanding that? We get that? If that's hard, just email me, kdupree at gracewire.com, and I'll help you out there. But secondly, what Paul is trying to get his people to see or his desperate heart cry is the thing that we've been waiting so long to come, our Messiah, our Savior, our Redeemer, the one we've been, Paul is trying to say, it's here now. You can stop the, but they keep, they keep stumbling over this. He's here and he's saying, hey man, will you open your eyes? Paul just in this church, I'm telling you, it's, it's like my son, y'all. It's like my son right now. My son, he, he, he likes to climb up on stuff now. He likes to get up on top of, top of the table, the counter, all that stuff. She know. Hey, and I'm telling you, someday this kid's going to be like a pull-up champion of the world. Because I'm telling you right now, he just pulls up on everything. He don't like to use nothing. I'm telling you, he, put, he, he have his shirt off. I put my shirt on. When he walk around the house with his shirt off, I'm like, dude, I can't. He's like a little young Arnold Schwarzenegger right now. I'm like, I'm embarrassed to have my shirt off when you got yours off, brother. But he just pulls up on everything. But then he starts whining and crying when he can't get up. And it's like, hey, boy, use the stool. Use the bar that's on that chair, that's used that stair to help you get up on the thing. And that's what we're looking at here. Paul is saying, hey, yo, your Messiah is here. The thing that's supposed to help you get back restored, your Messiah, Jesus is saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's why when Jesus said, when he stepped on the scene, that's what he said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I'm here. The thing that, you were, that you've been waiting for is here. And Paul is saying, you just keep stumbling over it. You just keep stumbling over the very thing that was sent to help you all because of what we used to, all because of yesterday. They were missing the treasures of today for an old tradition. And now I don't want to be too hard on the Jewish people because if you understand their history and you understand what was causing them to stumble and why it was given to them, then you may have some better understanding or sympathy for them because the thing that was causing them to stumble was the law. And now the law had been given to them at one point in time to help them be blessed in the land that God was giving them. If they followed the law, then they, they would experience blessing. If they didn't follow the law, they would experience curses. So at one season, at one point in time, this law was beneficial. But as I was studying and as we were sitting in our teaching thing, our sister Stacy uh, informed us and just kind of unloaded on us the fact that we can be going after God but still miss the mark because our zeal is rooted in passion and not the knowledge of God. That was so good when she said that. Because we can be going after God so passionately. We can be serving. We can be giving. Man, we can try to be so loving and whatnot, but all have it misdirected because we don't have any knowledge of who God is and what he's doing. 
See, we got to watch this, church. We got to watch our zeal and not just do things without having the knowledge of God. And so you say, well, Pastor Kevin, if the law was good for them at one point in time, then why now is it causing them to be cursed? Why is it causing them to miss the mark? Well, I want to give you this truth right here because if you can understand this, then you will be able to always see where God is going. Any tradition that gets in the way of God's transition will always lead to destruction. I'm going to say it again. Any tradition that gets in the way of God's transition will ultimately end up in destruction. And see, the Jews were missing the transition between the old covenant that was the law and the new covenant that was coming through Jesus Christ. That's why Paul, just within these three chapters, Romans 9 through 11, he quotes the Old Testament 33 times. It's like he's trying to get them to see, hey, yo, hey, back in the Old Testament, God was trying to give you a heads up that a transition was going to be coming. But they missed it. And the book that they got, that they quoted most frequently in this thing was the book of Isaiah. And so if we look at a couple passages, I, can't, I don't have time to give it all to you, but if I just give you a couple passages of Scripture here, you will see what they were missing. Isaiah 43. Let's go to Isaiah 43, 19. Let's see what this says. It says, see, I am doing a new thing. That's in the Old Testament. He was trying to give them a heads up. I'm going to be doing a new thing at some point in time, so get ready. And then we go to Isaiah 53, 5, which we love to quote here. We love quoting this thing right here. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. You see, so God was trying to give them a heads up about what was coming. But because of tradition, they were stumbling over it. Then we get down to the end of chapter 10, and Paul is trying to put to rest their excuses because you know how us humans are. We keep doing stuff because we say, well, nobody told me about it. No, nobody told me. I, I didn't know I was supposed to believe in that Jesus guy. or not. Nobody ever told me, no. No, 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 no. The, Paul is saying, no, you got told, so let me tell you when you got told. And I'm referring to the Old Testament. See, it's one thing to be doing something because you're ignorant of a better way. But it's another thing to keep doing something after you've heard and understood that there is a better way. That's called stubbornness. To keep doing something after you've heard about a better way. See, it's like you, it's like them, it's like them folks that uh that uh write them letters and we got email or whatnot. You know what I mean? What you writing letters for, Steve? <laughs> Look, they quiet here. They like, wait a minute, you don't talk about our letters. We write letters still. It's a better way. Email me. Don't email me about me talking about your letter right now. Or don't write me a letter about it. <laughs> or some people that don't want to didn't want to transition from a pager to a phone or whatnot, or don't want to upgrade to a smartphone or whatnot. Come on, there's a better way. I know it can be dangerous, but all jokes aside, when we look at what God is doing, 
could stubbornness be the thing that's causing you to miss his transition? Any transition that gets in the way of God's, any tradition that gets in the way of God's transition will ultimately bring about destruction. He said, Pastor Kevin, so I don't want to miss the transition, but what could cause us to miss the transition? Well, the same thing that caused them to miss the transition is the same thing that causes us to miss it. Look at Isaiah. Let's go back to Isaiah 43, 19. At the end of it, it says, do you not perceive it? See, the Jews did not perceive it. Us today, we don't perceive it. We don't understand when God is ready to do a new thing. We don't recognize or discern when he's ready to do a new thing. We miss God's new thing because we stuck looking for our old thing. We think his new thing is supposed to come like our old thing, and it's not going to happen that way. We say, How God, how's God in this right here? God definitely couldn't be in that right there. But see, God is in some of the most unlikely places. He's in that person that you think is weird and come up and talk to you in the grocery store. God is in that. God is in that delay in traffic. You mad about getting somewhere or whatnot, but God has delayed you. He's trying to speak to you. See, God is in that crisis. God is in the midst of every situation. But do you perceive it? Not. See, God can show his glorious face in situations that we think are garbage. Situations that we think are just a bunch of mess. God is saying, I want to do a miracle in that mess. But we perceive it not. I wonder, church, how many areas of your life are you missing God's miracle because you're dismissing the fact that he's even there. That's what the Jews were doing. They said, look at this man. He's hung high and stretched wide. He was beaten, mocked. Messiah, that's a Messiah? Look at him. Bloody. And I mean, hey, had it not been for Joseph and Arimathea, he would have been thrown into a pit or into a, 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 um, a used tomb like a, like a bag of garbage. But because of Joseph of Arimathea, he gets a brand new tomb. See, they were missing it because they wanted the Messiah to look a certain way. They wanted it to come a certain way. Church, we have to learn how to perceive what God is doing or we will miss our opportunity for a testimony. We will miss our season to learn and grow in our faith. What season are you dismissing that God is in? Is it in your marriage? Is it in your finances? Is it in your school? Is it in your social life? What mess are you checking out of, because God can't be in that, that you need to press back into? And you say, why, what causes us not to perceive the right way? Well, as I get ready to land this plane, I want to share with you, what causes us not to perceive the right way is not having a right relationship. Not having a right relationship with God will cause us to perceive not. You see, the Jews had God's religion, not relationship. 
The Jews had God's law, but they weren't in the same lane as him. They missed the turning signals of God. They were still going in a certain direction, and God had made a transition. And now they rest here. Church, can I tell you that being religious can cause us to miss out on having a relationship with God. Being religious can cause us to miss it. It's just like the rich young ruler. When he came up to Jesus, he said, man, hey, what can I do to inherit the kingdom of God? And then he started listing off all the boxes that he checked. He started listing off. And then once he got finished, Jesus said, hey, wait a minute, okay, now come follow me. Jesus was moving from religion to relationship. Or if you go to Mary and Martha, the sisters, when Jesus came into town and they were getting everything ready, Martha was all running around trying to get everything good, and Mary's just sitting at the feet of Jesus. And then Mary comes in to Jesus, hey, man, won't you tell her to help me out? She's all, I can just see it now. Hey, Martha comes in there just yelling or whatnot. Man, you need to tell her to come help me. What a lazy, sorry, bald-headed. I mean, that, that was just, that's probably just how I look at the Bible. I don't know about y'all, but I just see Martha going off. And Jesus is saying, Mary, Martha, there's only one thing that matters right now. I'm here. And Mary's receiving me, relationship. How many of you trying to check religious boxes and say, I'm a Christian. I gave today. I served today. I prayed three times. Checking boxes, missing relationship. And wonder why my life is in chaos. When was the last time you sat at the feet of Jesus? See, when we have a right relationship with Jesus, we can discern the turning signals of God. That should be our desperate heart cry is that, hey, man, I can get in a right relationship with God so that I can move when he wants me to move, so I don't, have to, I don't have to keep going down a road that he's already turned down. See, some of us got to get or desire to have a right relationship with God. And when we learned, Pastor Doug told us about, hey, through one man, sin entered, and then through another man, a right relationship was restored. See, that sin separated us. But through Jesus Christ, we have reconciliation back with God. We can have a right relationship with him, but do we desire it? See, we can experience his goodness now. And so how do we receive that? You say, how do we? Well, Paul tells us right here in Romans 10, 9 through 10, it says, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For, and he doubled downs here, he says, for with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. See, we get this thing, this, this has been a, a passage of Scripture that has been misused for a good long time. We think all I got to do is say a sinner's prayer and everything will be good. No, 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 no. That's not what Paul is saying. He's saying there's something deeper to this. Check this out. I want you all to track with me here. This got to be the process. You want real faith, then it has to go through this process. Go to that other slide there for me, y'all. There we go right here. Real faith has a filter. It moves from your head to your heart, then out your mouth. See, some of us are skipping a step. We're going from head to heart. We are, we are living off the emotion. See, this emotional high that you get. Oh, I love Jesus. I had that was great service. Worship moved me or whatnot. Now I'm ready to go tell about it. But it ain't been filtered through your heart. 
you're missing a step. It's got to move from your head. You get the knowledge of them, get it up here, filter it through your heart so that we make sure it's real and authentic. And then that's when confession should come. It's not I said this sinner, sinner's prayer and now I'm all good or whatnot. No, no, no. God is, Paul is trying to tell us that it's deeper than that. It's got to get to the heart. Revelation said that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Somebody reading their Bible. You're in Revelation, so you're a bad person. Boy, that's all right there. You see, some of us are not allowing God to use us because we're scared of our testimony. That's for that preacher. He'd tell about God. No, 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 no. Can I tell you that when God gave you a testimony, he made your feet, he made your feet beautiful too. As I was in our studies, Doug, Pastor Doug also reminded us that that word beautiful means timely. As I kept going on, I, I ran into this word swift. You see, I wonder who's in your circle of sphere that is needing a timely message from God, but you too afraid to give your testimony. Because that's all the gospel is. The good news is what Jesus Christ did in your life. He's infused himself in your story. So don't ever think, oh, I got to wait to bring you to church on Sunday. Oh, you better get there. No, why aren't you sharing the gospel right there in front of him, right there? Jesus maybe wanted to bring a timely message, and he needed to be swift in their life. And he needs you to be bold and brave enough because beautiful are the feet of the one that brings the good news. Now, I don't know about me. I don't got beautiful feet, but that's why they come timely, though. Somebody here is needing this message. This is a timely message in your life. Just the fact that God wants to do a new thing. Some of you are stuck thinking that, man, why, does, why do I keep going through these cycles? I'm here to tell you what a timely message that God is ready to do a new thing in your life. But he needs you to get into right relationship with him so that you can see the transition when it happens. So that you don't dismiss him in the midst of this chaos and what you call misery. He needs you to lock in so that you can learn some things, so that you can go stronger, so that when you come out of this season and the transition happens, you'll be able to stand. What was once causing you to stumble, you can now stand on. The word of Jesus Christ, you can stand firmly on the thing that you were once stumbling over. And then once you stand, then I'm going to give you the title. I told you what I, what I wanted the title to be, what I was going to, why are you tripping, but that ain't the title. The title of my message is, Run and Tell That. See, you can't go tell nothing if you keep stumbling. But when you're able to stand on something that's firm, Jesus says, then we can go do some running. We can go run, tell that. What am I going to tell? I'm going to tell you that the gospel brings rest. The gospel brings restoration. The gospel brings rejuvenation. The gospel brings revitalization. And any other nation in the kingdom, God, the gospel brings restoration. The, God, the gospel restores us. And the gospel can reignite you to go run and tell that. Run and tell that he's good. Stop sitting back waiting for the preacher to do his job or somebody. You can go run and tell that. If you don't know how to run and tell that, if you say, hey, man, I haven't even given my life to him to run, you need to stop running from him and start running to him so that he can give you a testimony. God would love nothing more than a world that's full of people with beautiful feet that are running 
and telling about the goodness of God. That's my challenge for you today, church. Will you stop sitting on the sidelines and get in the game? Will you start setting people free with your testimony like you've been set free? Has he set you free from drug addiction? Has he healed your marriage? Has he restored your finances? Did he stop the suicide attempt? Did he save your baby? Did he give you a child? Did he restore your business? What did he, where do you know that he showed up at? And let's go run and tell that. Amen? Amen. 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 Heavenly Father, we thank you, God. We thank you, God, that you've given us Jesus Christ so that we can stand firmly, God. God, you've given us a firm foundation, God, that we can build this life on. And I pray today that we understand that, God, and we receive it, Lord. Let us stop running the ones who are running from Jesus. Let us run to him, stop stumbling, and then, God, let us not allow our traditions to cause us to miss your transitions, God. God, we want to know when you're moving and where you're moving. It may not be easy, God, when you tell us. But, God, I pray you see our obedience, God, and you reward that, Lord. God, I pray for my brothers and sisters here today, Lord, that they go and feel empowered, God, to go and run and tell about the good news about Jesus Christ, Lord. Let us not be fearful anymore, Lord. Let us set people free. Your word says that you wish that none would perish, but that all would come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So, God, we thank you today. We love you. And it's in your mighty son's name we pray. And everybody said. Amen, amen, amen. Well, thank y'all. I, I think I got a, uh, we got a team that prayed for you guys beforehand. And I want to make sure I got this in there. No, I didn't get one from nobody. So, um, so for today, hey, man, if anything resonated with you today in the message, you got a nudging on your heart, man. You got an unction or a move. God spoke to you at some point in time through worship, through a handshake, through a smile, whatever it was. Don't perceive not. That's God trying to show up. It may be transition season. So if that's you, hey, man, come down. Be with one of our prayer people, our trained prayer people. If you're online, something resonated with you, call on to that line, that number right there on your screen right there. Hey, man, so we'll get you put in a private room and someone to pray for you. Hey, man, do not miss what God wants to do. Hey, this holiday season, let somebody in your family say, it's a different light on them. They look different. They talk different. And it's all because you leaned into the transition that God had for you. Amen. Amen. Happy holidays to y'all. Hey, go ahead and peace. Have a great rest of y'all week. And then, like I said, happy holiday Thanksgiving to y'all. Thank you. Thank you. Oh. Thank you. <laughs>